Hey listeners, this is your host and coach Nishan Bhardwaj. Thank you for tuning in to Try Fantry. Today I'm chatting with Ryan Lange from Philadelphia, USA. He's a legit badass. At the age of 20, he conquered Moab 240, which is a 381 kilometers ultra marathon which he did in 86 hours. We deep dive into what it takes to build that kind of endurance mindset and what it takes to silence your demons. So sit back, relax and enjoy the podcast. Drive Fantry. What's up? What's up? What's up people? How are you doing? This is your coach Nishan Bhardwaj. I'm an Ironman certified coach. I'm a marathon coach and I've been training for 15 years. I am super excited today. Uh because i am uh, going to be chatting up with one of my friends uh, instagram friends uh, we connected a couple of years back his name is ryan lanch uh, he uh, is from philadelphia usa and he currently resides in new jersey and uh, why is this conversation so exciting because he is the youngest person on this planet earth to finish the one of the longest races uh, on on planet earth which is called as moab 3 240 which is roughly 381 kilometers long race and this dude did it in 86 hours so without further ado let me welcome you ryan ryan welcome to the show nish thank you for having me on man you really gave me a uh, quite the hype up there Uh, and I appreciate you inviting me on even though we're halfway across the world from each other it's still great to have like-minded conversations with a good individual welcome welcome to the show it is uh, an absolute honor to have you uh, especially the young guns the achievers uh, when you know people <laughs> when people at your age one are just boozing away or you know just struggling through college there is this guy who trains for like i don't know 20 hours a week 25 hours yeah just about uh, goes ahead and you know does not hallucinate but actually gets high on running 86 hours like how and why why ryan uh the why part honestly i couldn't really answer that in the beginning um but now reflecting and looking back my why uh became i i started to so let me back up i was pretty overweight individual uh going into college i was going down that booze hound getting hammered all the time, partying all the time, mentality. Um, but then I started to follow uh you know some big names in running, Cam Haynes, David Goggins, started to get a little bit more inspired, threw myself into the fire with running, uh and I I developed a passion for the process of working up, crossing the finish line at whatever race it is and then celebrating. That was my why. I enjoyed building myself up, celebrating and then repeating that process. Do you hear that guys? uh it's not just about uh getting into something and then you know looking at short term uh you whenever you're looking to set goals for yourself set long term goals set goals that are exciting enough uh for you to achieve and for you to pursue because you know uh if you are looking for short term gratification if you're looking for something to get high on for like a day or two that thing is going to vanish but when you have giant Harry big ass goals like uh, like uh, Ryan did uh, it just makes your life a little more meaningful am i right ryan 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It gives you, it gives you a little bit more purpose. I definitely found purpose because now I'm on this show with you yeah. and I'm telling people about what I've done. And hopefully, you know, let's say a hundred people are listening. Maybe I inspired two to go out and, and really push themselves. That is why I'm here. That's why I'm on this planet. And that's why I continue to do big races and challenge myself so that I could influence other people to challenge themselves. Superb, man. Uh, so before we dive uh, deeper into the, uh, the demon of this race and how, why, how and the why you did it, uh, tell us something about yourself and a little bit about your background, where you grew up and what you're doing currently. Definitely. So I grew up playing football as a young American football. Um, as a young kid, I was never really a runner until I got to college and wanted to lose weight. Um, I am very big into anything outdoors, snowboarding, running, hiking, biking, uh, going to music festivals is a big thing of mine. Um, so I'm definitely an all around outdoor guy. Um, and I grew up here in, uh, around Philadelphia area, but I'm moving to Denver, Colorado uh, in about a month and a half now. Uh, to pursue the life of running in the beautiful mountains and being in a beautiful environment. Wow. So uh, does that mean you're going to be pursuing your, uh, the, the business side of it or professional side of it into the sports? Is that what you're saying? Um, I, I don't. Are you saying like pursuing more so of like um, creating business within the sport? Uh, so yeah, are you going to be like earning your bread and butter through uh, running and related uh, activities? I don't think so. I don't think making money, unless you're a coach, I don't think there's too much money to be made unless you're a coach or you're really super fast and super good. Mm -hmm. uh, and although, yes, I can go very long distance, I am not super fast like Courtney DeWalter, uh, Ben Light, um, and, and some of these guys. Um, so I don't foresee making money in the sport for sure. Um, but just having the lifestyle where, you know, I, I plan on getting a dog when I go out there, me and the dog, get in the truck, go to a mountain, run up the mountain, come back home on a Saturday and grow up a bunch of food while I'm staring at mountains rather than being in 95% humidity and no mountains. Wow. That is the, I'm, I'm sure that is one of the most offbeat uh, kind of a career path or a life that you want to build for yourself, especially uh, knowing that you're currently living uh, in New Jersey where uh, most of the people around you would be corporates and, you know, into mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, choosing this kind of a path must be either difficult or it has to be crazy. And I'm, I'm, I can definitely put you in the crazy category because <laughs> kind of races. Yeah. Yeah. So, and honestly, Nish, I have more friends that I genuinely enjoy hanging out with that live out there than here. You oh. know what I mean? Okay. That's nice. So. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your, uh, uh, your education background and uh, why are you not uh, choosing to pursue the normal corporate path? <laughs> Definitely. That's a great question. So I went to Drexel University in Philadelphia. Uh, they have what's called a co-op program there. So us students went, go to school for six months. We have no summer break. We get hired by a company full time for six months and we do that three times oh. um so and then we have to do 18 months of school at the end so we're in school a total of five years but i got to go and work at these big corporations for six months at a time and i've realized that i am i it's not what i want to do it's not the lifestyle i want to live i want to be able to go on a run go outside go camping whenever i want to um and i could talk about it a little bit later but the ultra running mentality you know marathons ironmans it's all you 
It is all you putting in the work. It is all you being disciplined. You're not, no one's telling you what to do. So now I'm translating that mentality and that lifestyle into business. I've started one business myself, um, Gen Z. We des I designed a new hydration backpack. And now we're getting into more outdoor bags uh, and apparel. I'm starting another company, Persistent Design and Marketing, because I now know how to develop products. People come to me and they ask, you know, Ryan, I want to make a purse. How do I do it? And at first I was obviously helping them, but now it's like, wow, I can essentially be a consultant for these people. So I'm, I'm all in and going out in Colorado, making it happen myself uh, and living on my own clock because I prefer being able to go to work on Saturday from 10 to, you know, four mm -hmm. and getting stuff done. So I could not do anything maybe Monday morning, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's kind of the mentality that I built with running and now I'm putting into my personal and business life. That sounds awesome. I think uh, across the world, uh, when I, whenever I interact with uh, my friends in various other locations like Dubai, Australia, New Zealand, and uh, Canada, I see that there is a shift happening in the lifestyle uh, choices itself. A lot of my friends, like I'll talk about a, a friend of mine who's uh, in Dubai. So he was a chartered accountant and he was working for the big four uh, organizations. He quit his job. Uh, about I think six seven years back he became an Ironman coach now he's also a fitness trainer he's also I don't know what all uh, certifications is done this dude is like killing it in Dubai he's training all sorts of people uh, from around the world and he says that he's living his dream he had that's awesome he had a corporate life for about uh, I think 10 years before he decided to quit and uh, like most of us runners, he also had the overweight uh, sort of story. Uh, I, in fact, I have similar background as well. I'll just, I'll tell you about that as well. So now he says that he's at least 10x happier with probably less or equal money. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. So yeah, I, in fact, uh, uh, just before we were uh, about to get on this chat, we had uh, this discussion that how you started uh, running because of uh, your weight issues. I had a similar story. When, when I was about 17 years old, uh, which is 2005, yeah, 2005, six, uh, I was 113 kilos, uh, which, is, wow. uh, which is, which roughly translates into what, 235 pounds? Yeah, wow, you were big too. I was about 235, that was my biggest. What are you now? So uh, currently I'm around 90 kilos, which is around nice. 200 pounds, which is still higher. Nice. That's fine. I mean, with uh, you, uh, it's mostly muscle mass. Yeah, exactly. But, so then my dad, uh, who's in the army that time, uh, he sort of started pushing me and uh, then told me to get into running. So he taught me uh, the basic five kilometer runs, what the army people do in like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. He told me to get into it. And I started running and then I have not stopped since then. Running, nice. fact, uh, I think whenever you start any new uh, sport, especially running in the first couple of years, it gives you like a massive gains in terms of losing the weight and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I don't know, now it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, no, it tapers out. And I think I've been thinking a lot about it. And I've been reading up on it. I think because our body are one, I think, 
we don't burn as much energy. Our resting heart rate is lower. Our blood pressure is lower. I think you and I just sitting here, we burn a heck of a lot less calories than we do at someone that's sedentary. You know what I mean? So that's why like both of us experienced when I first started running, the weight was dropping off like crazy, but your body, I think adjusts and plateaus, which I think is okay because for the long term, I think that that's what longevity is. When we're not sitting here and our heart's not beating as fast as most other people, we're going to live longer. That's, I mean, that's just common sense to me. I'm no scientist. I'm no nutritionist, but that's kind of the presumption, what I've made. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you have to say for people who, uh, you know, uh, people come to me and they have uh, the first question that they ask is, uh, I want to get, run a half marathon or a full marathon. I, or I want to do a Ironman 70.3, but how much weight will I lose? So what do you have to say uh, to that? Um, well, the, the question, I don't think you should really worry about the weight. It's going to come off regardless. If you're, do, all right, if you're doing this to lose weight, if you're doing an Ironman, something like that, to lose weight, you're doing it for the wrong reason. And I think that's one of the ways that you will not finish that race. But if you're getting up because you want to better yourself and you want to see that finish line and feel that success, you will finish. If you're doing it because you want to like look good in pictures, that's usually where people are going to fail. So. That's awesome. I just have good goosebumps because of this uh, exact reason. I keep telling people the exact same thing. Like, dude, you have to find your why. You have to know why you want to do this. And that why mm-hmm. be strong enough, not for one day, not for two days, not for 10 days. It has to be so strong that, you know, you're able to sustain for a year. Who likes to wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning and, you know, just uh, when the world is sleeping and they'll be sleeping till like 8 a.m.? People, mm. people, uh, the Ironman athletes or ultra runners have already like done probably 20 uh, kilometers of run or yeah. 13 miles or something. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I was. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. The um, why I was listening to strong. Uh, the why has to be something that that is really meaningful to you and that can bring positive change, not in only in your life but the people who you uh, who follow you. And uh, do it for the people, do it for yourself and do it for that one reason that won't, that will change you and everyone around you. I, I get a high off of people that respond to me or reach out to me and say, Hey, I was inspired by what you've done. And I just did this. I, that is my drug. I love hearing people say that, but to touch on what you just said, I was listening to Jocko Willings. Uh, I don't know if you know him. Super tough guy. was a Navy SEAL. I've been hearing him from last three, four years. He's crazy. So he said when he was in Navy SEALs, um, they would go out to like the bars after, I don't know. And some of the SEALs, you know, this is before you got to Hell Week and all that crazy stuff were, you know, talking up to girls like, yeah, I'm a Navy SEAL, you know, we're doing this, this, and this. And Jocko was like, what, like what, these guys are like flaunting. They're like bragging about being in SEAL training. It's like not the reason I'm here. And those were the guys that ended up, quitting because they were there for the wrong reason they weren't there for their greater why wow that is an amazing story yes that is for sure i mean this guy you should uh, check his instagram out guys this guy wakes up at 4 30 a.m regardless of what and this guy can buy anything this guy can get sponsored by anything but jocko willing wakes up at 4 30 he has that old timex watch uh it's it's mm-hmm. now broken uh, it ha- it says Iron Man edition, which is like, I don't know, 30 years old or something. This guy mm-hmm. wakes up, he makes sure that he gets it done. 
regardless of what is happening in the world he gets it done and he gets it done for his clients as well so uh, a great guy to follow for sure definitely all right now i think you've had interaction with uh, cameron haynes as well yeah cam is a very very humble i call so i call cam my spark plug cam is the reason uh, would you uh, like to tell who cam- cameron haynes is and i apologize yes I, uh, so should uh, listen to his story um yeah so cam haynes super inspirational guy he started off as a bow hunter very big bow hunter and he wanted to become a better bow hunter uh, and what he does is he's traveling walking for days at a time and when he gets a big kill let's say he kills a big bull um he needs to carry that all the meat on his pack out and that could be for miles so he started to get into very long distance running uh at an uh, you know earlier age than most um and became you know started to build himself up big time and then when these 200 mile races were coming out cam did them and i i followed cam i was super inspired uh but what cam always says is he's he's average everyone else is every most people are average it all comes down to just simply being the person to go out and do to make it happen um very very inspirational and i took on that basically what cam was saying like cam says if he can do it so can you it's just putting in the work so yeah. i took that on started doing ultra running i heard about this moab 240 cam was doing it and i was like what do i have to lose so i call cam my spark plug cuz he threw me in to all the craziness in life um and and kind of showed me that no matter what like what it is you can you can accomplish it it's just going to take a lot of work wow Wow, there was the there was this phase I used to follow him uh, like all the time. There was this phase this dude used to you know work out three to four times a day. He used to do like half marathons during his lunch hour. Go, mm-hmm. uh, go back. Uh, he used to go work out in the gym in the morning, then go for a run in the uh, at lunch time. Come back in the evening. He would go for a run again. This dude was doing like a marathon a day for I don't yep. know for three four weeks, and mm-hmm. I don't know if he still does it, but. Amazing guy, amazing guy. No, he's awesome. His brother Taylor uh, is also a beast too. He came in third at the Tahoe 200 two years ago when I was there. So he's he's beast too. Wow, Ryan, would you uh, be uh, kind enough to tell us uh, a little bit about these uh, badass ultra races, which are like 200 milers? Guys, 200 milers means 360 kilometers or so, like 330, 340 kilometers. these kind of races so like what uh, what does it take to do these kind of races and how should uh, one get started and what does it take like how much money does it take to register practice and those kind of intricate details for someone who's like a just a marathoner definitely so i'll start from like the training aspect all the way to yeah. like the actual race the cost and everything um so the physical training I I went pretty crazy not not as much as you'd think. So in my peak training like 3 or 4 months, I was doing about 80 miles a week. So that trans how many how many kilometers is 80 miles about? 125 kilometers, 130 kilometers. Per, yeah, per week. Yeah. Um and so you you have to get into physical shape enough, but there becomes a point where being in the greatest physical shape it doesn't matter for these races it matters more up here it is all a mental fight wow. um and also it is all you have to learn 
and teach and train your stomach to be able to digest food while you're running. And I'm not talking about just these gels or blocks. I'm talking about burgers, quesadillas, chicken, sausages, like anything. Because it, when you're going for 86 hours, it, you, need to be, you need to eat real nutrients. You can't survive off of these sugar gels and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, this is my personal preference. I really keep sugar consumption to a bare minimum, especially when I'm running. I use uh, electrolytes that are only like a half gram of sugar, uh, mainly just salt. It kind of just tastes like salt, but sugar really screws up my stomach. And especially if you're consuming sugar all day for days and days, your stomach's going to get sick of it. Um, so it's, it is more so training your brain mental capacity to be able to go through that and training your stomach to digest the food. You could, you know, you could get in the greatest physical shape, but if you don't have those, you're done. You're not going to make it past yeah. 80 miles. Um, <clears throat> so my training was definitely a lot, but it wasn't super crazy. Um, so then getting ready and preparing for the race, uh, the two, first 240, I had no idea really what I was doing. This was the 11th month that I had started ultra marathon running. So I wasn't even a year into running. Me and my dad and my dad, who's my crew, we were just kind of like, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, so, and I'm very thankful I had him. So that's another thing. In these big races, even just 100 milers, you need to have a crew and people to rely on you. Because when you come in at mile 80, mile 180, and you are whacked out, crying, everything hurts, you need someone that's going to be there for you and know what to feed your body, the words to feed your brain and how to take care of you. Um, to sidestep a little bit, my dad and my brother make fun of me. They, they joke and say, they travel around all these mountains just to meet, he, hear me cry and change my socks. <laughs> um, so, but it's fun. It's so awesome. My dad calls it, it's essentially like car racing. I'm the car, they're the pit crew. So like, it's fun for them too, for me to come in an aid station, figure out how to tune up the car and send the car back out. You know uh -huh. what I mean? So, and, and, also, it's me and my dad would have never gone to Moab together. We would have never gone to Lake Tahoe together, to the Cascade Mountains together, to some random place in Ohio. Like, it's fun adventures with my family, too. Um, so, <clears throat> coming race day, it, it, it needs to be fun. You need to go in with the mindset of, I'm going to have fun. Fun, finish, win. That's how my grandpa always says it. If you had fun, great. If you finished, even better. If you came in first place, wow. Wow. So if you start out like that, fun, finish, win, you're good. Um, because these races are fun. When you are, when I am completely sleep deprived and I have like my pacer with me, someone who, and a pacer is someone who runs with you at times, you know, in the middle of the night to make sure that you're not going crazy. Uh, I start, you start getting to this point of pain where it's just funny and you're laughing and you're seeing things. And, and when I say you're actually seeing things, um, it's because you're not sleeping. So your brain can actually not process what you're seeing fast enough. So you actually start to see things that are not there. Wow. Um, and that's no exaggeration. Uh, Courtney DeWalter is famous for seeing cheetahs and hammocks. Um, I would, I, a couple of times when I was alone at Bigfoot, I kept thinking I saw snipers aiming their guns at me. So I would be running and like ducking. And like thinking there's someone there and I peek and I notice, okay, it's not someone. Or once I thought I saw a pack of dogs, like just out 
you know, meandering around like up a mountain. And I was calling the dogs. I was like, puppies, come here, come here. And I, as I got closer up the mountain, there was, there was no dogs. Um, so that's, that's a very fun aspect of it. And another thing I love to tell people about, I love food. And these races are excuses to do nothing but eat food. You cannot eat enough food on these races. I'll roll into an aid station and I have a full document, uh, documentary of running the Tahoe 200 mm -hmm. that I'll send you the link to um, that you can probably put in the comments below here. Um, and there's one, one clip of me rolling in an aid station and my pacer goes, do you want a cheeseburger or soup or, or, or cheeseburger, soup or chicken sandwich? And I was like, I'll have all three, please. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's a lot. And also the cost it does, it is, I will not, I will not, uh, you know, tell you wrong. It is definitely expensive for these races. Yeah. Um, for all the good reasons though, Candace, the race director of, um, of the Tahoe 200 Moab Bigfoot, she does an amazing job, amazing job. I've done a lot of races in my career. She is by far the best hands down. You know, when you roll into an aid station and you have all this food at your, at your, you know, at, at your service, you have all these people there to help that are volunteers. You have every, she's got tracking to, down to the satellite so she can always find you. Like it's a thousand dollars for a reason. Um, mm -hmm. And also uh, this, the community that you're jumping into a lot of very cool people, you know, the ultra running community is a lot of crazy people like myself. Uh, so, I mean, I guess that's why I like it because I, I relate to these people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, flight was about $300. Then, you know, renting uh, a car or a van is another like $600-ish. So all said and done between gear, food, stuff like that, it's around $2,500 just to do this. Wow. But I'm um, so it's worth it. That is a lifetime of memories, lifetime of badassery and uh, bragging rights right absolutely absolutely and it gets me and you know the way i like to think of it is now I'm, I'm talking to you right now having this conversation and hopefully inspiring other people just through telling about my story you understand that twenty five hundred dollars if i can inspire 150 150 people yeah. totally worth it for sure for sure for sure ryan that was an amazing story uh, i am very sure like uh, uh, that people in india uh, would certainly get motivated by that so uh, the running culture in India is not very old when it comes to organized races. Uh, the biggest race in India is currently Tata Mumbai Marathon, which happens in Mumbai. It started it around uh, 2003 and that is one of the flagship events that happens. Uh, and currently it has more than 50,000 participants that come wow. on over. So this just started in 2003. Though obviously running being a the most natural thing that you can do, people have been running for years and years. But running culture per se is, is brand new in India. And most of the ultra races which happen here are around uh, 50 kilometers, which is roughly, I think, 30 miles, 30, 30 35 miles. And then we okay. have a couple of longer races as well, 100 milers. And then we have one of the longest races and the highest races in the world, which is called as the Lay. Uh, 555 kilometers, which is, I think, roughly translates into, I don't know, 300 miles or something. Wow. Yeah, at Khardungla Valley, that is like the highest peak uh, motorable road also in the world. This should be, I'll, I'll get my facts right, we'll put it on the show notes. Uh, but that, I think that is at uh, more than 10,000 feet. And that's like 500 wow. five kilometers. So that's the longest that we have. 
yeah and people do that uh, people from across the world indian uh, versions of navy seal the para commandos the the ultra racers and people with demons uh, tend to compete for it and then finish it hey s- send me the sign up link to that <laughs> it was supposed to happen in the month of september but obviously uh-huh. covid i think it has been postponed for next year but right. certainly do that i think you should sign up for that uh, only about 10 15 odd people are able to finish that because it's 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 a multi day race but non stop and it's like world's toughest race i i believe uh, distance wise wow. and the uh, the altitude wise as well wow that yeah. sounds nuts yeah i don't know i mean uh, i have run my share of half and full marathons and uh, that's a different story altogether like i share this with a lot of people who listen to me is that uh, running like a marathon or a half marathon is a different ball game than doing an ironman is a different thing and then ultra marathons or uh, the 24 hour runs the 48 hour stadium runs 36 hour runs those are completely mm-hmm. different uh, ball game right different mm-hmm. set, different kind of preparation different types of uh, preparation for the body as well mm-hmm. it takes definitely kind of crazy to do that Yeah, I've I've always been interested in doing a mar- or an Ironman. Um but I've I've never been a swimmer. I've never been a swimmer uh and I don't own a bike. Uh-huh. So that's my other pitfall. But I I I do want to eventually do an Ironman for sure. Like easy peasy. You'll do that and then probably go for like a 50 miler or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so uh, triathlon is slightly more technical it has uh, it uses not just uh, uh, the endurance it also uses technical skills it uses uh, strategy tactics a lot of these things put together and uh, uh, your body is in different uh, states all the different uh, times of the day so interesting uh, it's a different sport and I, we will certainly have a conversation on this maybe in the future uh, uh, shows right definitely Ryan uh, we are moving to the last part of the show and uh, I will ask you a few questions but before we do that I would like to hear a little more about your uh, uh, startup and uh, mm-hmm. a very important question when it comes to uh, the two of us which is we are trying to uh, create something in the outdoor sports uh, space mm-hmm. and I would like to discuss and have your thoughts as to how this uh, space is growing Uh, in the US and you know especially in India and I can also jump in maybe we can just uh, have a definitely yeah definitely so i like i said in the beginning of the show i'm a very outdoorsy person yep. snowboarding hiking running music festivals so all the time i was wearing a hydration backpack mm-hmm. and i started to figure out different ways different features that i could add on the hydration pack to make them better and more suitable um so i had my grandma cut and sew an old running hydration backpack for me and add the features that I desired. Wow. Um so I brought that to a music festival with me and someone complimented and asked where they could get one. So immediately I was like, okay, I'm up to something here. Um and a big a big problem, the problem I was solving was theft at music festivals. It is that one in seven people are stolen from because you know, people are drunk, they're shoved together, people are just sticking in and pulling stuff out of their backpacks. So I designed one of the features of the hydration pack was anti-theft. Um so I got a, a prototype made 
uh, started to work with a manufacturer on getting a legitimate prototype made uh, and just figured out how to get something that was suitable to ship to Nishant. You know what I mean? Um, so I did a Kickstarter, which I don't know if you're familiar with it is it's crowdfunding. So it's essentially like people pre-ordered the, the hydration pack on Kickstarter from me that gave me the funds to order the inventory of the hydration packs. Um, and then once I got them in the United States, I started shipping them out to people and started to grow the brand from there. Uh, and that was, so I started, I launched my Kickstarter in March of 2019. Okay. Um, you know, so I, I started to learn branding, started to figure out marketing, started to really, you know, learn how to sell better. Uh, and then when the music festival scene was starting, people were starting to get ready in February, I was selling very well, uh, designing more products and then coronavirus hit. So, um, all music festivals were canceled. You know, my main target market was the music festival scene. Um, so now I'm my, I, I guess not a pivot, but I'm adapting to the situation now. And this could tie into your second part of, of your question. We are now heading into a very outdoorsy lifestyle for not just you and I, the entire world. Yep. Big tech companies are giving bonuses to employees to move out of the cities. They don't want to be in the cities anymore. It's too expensive for them to operate there. Um, and, and now people don't want to be around other people as much naturally because of this pandemic. Sure. Let's say they find a vaccine. It's still going to change. People are still going to have a different mindset. Yep. So the new products that I'm developing around that are, you know, uh, uh, chest utility bags, bags for, you know, maybe not a hydration pack. Maybe someone doesn't need that, but essentially a better, more functional fanny pack. Um, and, and getting into, you know, different bags because not everyone wants to wear a hydration pack. And I get that, but here I have this new bag that could do this feature add this benefit and gives you much better of a reason and capability of going in a hike with your dog for a weekend. Um, so to touch on what you're saying, we are seeing, I think, in the next five to seven years, we will see outdoor sports begin to grow. I think we will see the ultra running community, the Ironman community, all of that continue to, to grow. The one thing I will have to say um, that I see as a shortfall is these sports are not sexy, let's call it. NFL football, soccer, you know, uh, uh, you know, soccer is sexy. Basketball, it's sexy. You know, Nike is sponsoring these guys. Um, it's super high energy in the stadiums. You know, we don't have stadiums. We don't have uh, climactic, you know, game-winning shots. We don't have any of that. Um, but what I think can make it, I, I think there just has to be someone that comes along and just puts on a great production for a 100-mile race and just totally, like, you know, like how golf, they go to different golfers throughout, you know, the, 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 them playing, I think it should be like that and honing in with a drone following yep. Cameron Haynes for a mile and commentating on Cam and his accolades as what he just did the past couple of years, what he's doing, how he's doing on the race, how he was at the last aid station. What is he hallucinating right now? People will watch that. I will pay $10 to live stream that. That's how, where I think we need to go. Um, now, how do you do that? There's a problem. What's the solution? Now, this could like this is where your my and I'm sure your entrepreneurial brain is like, all right, we're we're envisioning a problem. We're seeing outdoor sports get bigger. How do we capitalize off of that? So I see that's what you're doing with coaching for sure. 
Yeah. Um, but you know, that's more so where my brain is production entertainment of it. So uh, yeah, I think, uh, for anything to become mass market, there has to be some bit of either entertainment value or a value that, uh, sort of enhances your stature in the society or something, you know, that has to mm. be created. Uh, right now, I think there is also a problem of, uh, getting people to sign up for these kind of races for these kind of long-term uh, fitness solutions because most of the people are uh, looking for short-term solutions you know uh, one week program 12 week program three weeks program and drink yeah. five kilos and do these uh, burpees and you know uh, sign up for my uh, home fitness class and you know lose these kind of uh, 10 kilos in uh, god knows six weeks or something so people the the industry itself needs to evolve from, uh, from short-term solutions to actually a sustainable lifestyle. And that's where these uh, our outdoor sports like uh, triathlon, marathons, and ultra marathons will mm-hmm. come in and sort of uh, get at least a few masses, a uh, few people to get into it and then get the masses in. And then obviously right. uh, something like a UFC or uh, that kind of format, the entertainment format has to be there for it to become uh, better. Obviously, by default, brands will come in and then they'll uh, pump in more money on advertising, production, marketing, and then just, uh, I think it's, it's like a combination of a lot of problems that need to be solved. But I think let's just begin by uh, motivating a few hundred people and then yeah. taking it forward. Exactly. We come to the last section of our conversation. This section is uh, called as rapid fire round. I'm going to be asking you, uh, a few questions on quick succession. You will hardly have five seconds to answer each one of them. Okay. You cannot okay. stop in between. You have to just, you know, whatever comes on top of your head, you have to answer. I'm excited. Let's go. Let me just, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? I'm 100% ready. Go. Let's go. Question one. Uh, morning training versus night training. Which one do you like? Morning, 100%. Get it done. Get it over with. Feel good for the rest of the day. Awesome. Natural foods versus processed foods. What do you like more? Nat- natural. Not even a question. Okay. Gels or chewables? Chewables. Better? Why? Any specific? Yeah. Uh, um, because it doesn't hurt my stomach as much. Can't tell you why. The gels, it's something in it that makes me feel weird. Okay. Uh, some, a bit of controversial question, but okay. Uh, Nike, Adidas, Reebok, uh, Hoka, One One, or which one is your favorite brand? Hoka. Hoka, they are, okay, well, Hoka has the best cushion for sure for your knees, but they fall apart super easy. Don't, I, I don't, I don't subscribe Nike, that stuff to people. I think it's too cheap. You need cushion on your feet. Yeah. Okay. Foam rolling, massage, or uh, no massage? Massage, 100%. Massage, massage, wait, wait, don't move, don't move. Don't move. I wonder what. Oh, right here, baby. Massage gun. This thing's amazing. Best $200 I've ever spent. This is awesome. Is it that good? Oh, my dude. Everywhere. Everywhere. My whole body. When you're done, it's like you feel like you just flushed out everything out of your body. It feels amazing. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, quick question. Uh, Black coffee or regular coffee? Black. Awesome. In the, uh, just answer two things. Uh, which one do you like more on your races? 
dates bananas pasta ice cream brownie fruits chewables whatever uh, two um prefer the most two things i prefer the most do i have to pick from your list or anything go ahead feel free cheese it cheese it's and cheeseburgers what are cheese it's cheese it's <laughs> they are they are like a, an american brand cracker i guess they're not over in india but they're i'll send you a picture of them okay sure do that uh what's your favorite location to race in one of these uh, ultra races um utah okay mm -hmm. uh what's your favorite uh, motivational speaker who's your favorite motivational speaker if you have motivational it? speaker um podcast or whatever that you listen to um okay well i go to motivation i go to joe rogan his podcast he has a lot of motivational people on there even yeah. if it's not just like the fitness community yeah. uh, you know just the way of thinking the way that he brings on interesting people and i've been listening to him for last i think 4 years now this crazy guy i think he deserved even more 100 million buyout by spotify is doesn't even bring that much value maybe he's yeah he should be valued much much more joe rogan should be the president of the united states all right let's not push it <laughs> uh last question uh which is your favorite platform uh social media platform instagram facebook youtube uh, linkedin uh, tiktok if you are on um um i would say probably youtube because you could learn the most from youtube okay awesome uh ryan you chose actually the longest long form uh, platform as well like your ultra races and like your mentality you have been a wonderful wonderful guest uh, and i'm actually honored to have you uh, to be fair this is actually my first uh, interview uh, also for trifantry this is a new brand new channel that i've started and you are the first guest i am honored to have you today thank you so much hey, kick starting i appreciate that you did an awesome job being a host you thank definitely you. did not make it boring at all you asked great questions and i appreciate you bringing me on that was a lot of fun it was it was amazing uh, would you like to tell uh, the audience what is your instagram handle where they can find you any other channels that they can find you at definitely so my instagram which i'm most active on is raverunner_one which i'm sure nishant will put in the uh, in the show notes um but yeah leaving statement be who you are be authentic stay put with your crazy vision that you fall asleep thinking about work your ass off in silence and get out and make it happen and then celebrate when you make it happen awesome that was that could not have been a better conclusion to the show thank you ryan for having me uh, for having yourself and it this amazing conversation hope to have you sometime in the future as well and meet you soon hope you come to india for doing one of these ultra races uh, we i will be there training. i will be there yep thanks dude appreciate you thank you have a great day See you. Bye. Later, Nish. Bye. If you enjoyed this story, subscribe to my YouTube channel Try Fantry, and I will keep bringing you global stories of motivated individuals. You can also write to me at coach at tryfantry dot com. Keep training. Train into your conquer.